Welcome to Digging Deeper in Grace, a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Our goal each episode is to dig deeper into the scriptures with a focus on our most recent sermon. And now let's dig deeper. Hello, I'm your host, Bart Sheridan, and today I have the pleasure of being with three ladies who have been very pivotal in ministry in our church, focused on women, and throughout our community as well. And joining me to focus on specific needs of women here in our church are Rachel Kimball. Rachel is the mother of two, a son and a daughter, and the wife of one, we're glad to say, and Sandy Sheridan. Sandy is also a mother. She mothers five children, adult children, and specifically two daughters, and Liz Whiney. Liz has two adult daughters, an adult son, and recently a new baby. Congratulations, Liz. Well, grandbaby. Grandbaby. <laughs> a new grandbaby. I'm glad you corrected me on that. Steve so would have I. had something to say about that. But each of these ladies is very actively involved in discipleship and mentoring ministry activities. They work together ministering to women in our local church and community, and I'm really grateful for you folks being here and taking the time to join us today. Good to be here. Thank you for having us. Very good. Well, ladies, we're going to jump into the deep end on this one. Uh, there's a real movement in our society to blur what it is to be a woman, to blur what it is to be a man. And unfortunately, we've seen a lot of churches go this way, too. They're following society's lead instead of the other way around, which is the way we think it ought to be, churches leading in society. What are some key scripture passages that you would point out to a woman who asks, or a girl, what is it that God expects of me? I'm going to jump in, and I think it's really important in the current context to recognize that God created men and women. In Genesis 1 and 2, before sin entered the world, before there was, before there was a judgment against sin, there were differences between men and women. And God, when he created it, he created man and woman, woman in his image, and he said it was very good. And so just recognizing from the start that gender was God's idea, that he says it's very good, I think that changes our whole perspective on what we value and what we look at. Yeah, those are good thoughts. That's exactly where I was going with that question. Um, the, the second half of the question where Bart asked, what does God expect of me as a woman? It's funny, when I was thinking about it, what popped into my mind was Proverbs 31. And I think every woman who has grown up in a church setting has probably heard a sermon on this chapter mm -hmm. and all the things that women are doing or supposed to do. And this proverb describes the ideal woman, specifically a wife and a mother, and all the things that are mentioned in there are so good to aspire to, but I think sometimes we in the church can take that a little bit too far. Um, it's funny, I remember a sermon I heard when I was in youth group, and it was on Proverbs 31, and I sat there listening to all the things that this woman did, gets up gets up before the sun, goes down late into the night, is working hard, selling, buying, all this stuff. And I was a little bit overwhelmed. And so instead of taking notes, like I probably should have been, I was drawing a little stick figure of this woman with these huge muscles <laughs> uh, lifting up a barbell. And I entitled it, I entitled it uh, the Proverbs 31 Woman Pumps Iron. Uh, I do think, unfortunately, though, we've kind of grown up with this expectation of we're supposed to be superwoman. And I don't believe that that's the idea of what that psalm is talking about. I, I think we need to be a woman of character and strength using everything that God's given us for his honor and glory and for other, other people. 
And I, I would say probably a verse that encapsulates it is Micah 6.8, which says, He has told you, O man or woman, what does what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And I think that fits for both categories, men and women. Yeah, so, so Rachel, you're saying God's plan, God has a perfect plan. Um, boy, we often try to improve it, don't we? Mm-hmm. And there's no improving on God's plan. That's right. And, the, and Sandy, I, I like what you're saying. You're saying Proverbs 31 is a good guide, but we don't have to be everything. That, no, we can't. Isn't that amazing? The church, uh, God puts us in the church. We have different uh, giftedness, different abilities, and the well-rounded church is going to exhibit that Proverbs 31, what a woman should be. Right. But Rachel's going to be different than Liz, and Liz than Sandy, and Sandy than Rachel. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. Good. Well, so each of you is raised, or perhaps is raising right now. Rachel's, uh, I believe you have a newly minted high school right. uh, young lady in your home. What are some of the biggest challenges that you have dealt with in teaching the biblical role of womanhood? Bart, I think no matter the season of life that a girl or a woman is, whether that be when they're younger in middle school or a student or a young adult or a young mom as they become adults, um, we all feel inadequate and compare ourselves with the status of others. Mm. And I think it's good to challenge them and myself um, to have confidence in the abilities that God has given and have they have to decide we have to decide what's best for us what's best for our family and to know that god has placed me or them where they are for a reason and given them the abilities that they have to Mm -hmm. flourish there Um, ephesians 2 10 talks about we are god's workmanship created in christ jesus to do good works which god prepared in advance for us to do Mm -hmm. and it's just a good reminder for me and for others again an upward focus Mm -hmm. exactly Yeah, I think girls today experience an awful lot of pressure to be everything. Yes. And they just, they're taught that you can be everything you can be. You're as good as any man. You can do this, that. And I was reminded of the little jingle um, advertisement that used to came out years ago about, uh, it was a perfume um, advertisement where it were the, I'm remembering the li- where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> the little jingle was, um, I can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan and never, never, never let you forget you're a man. You've got, you got to growl woman. that music. <laughs> yeah, that, that wouldn't sound good if I did that. But I just think that that's, that's the world saying you can do everything. And, and these girls, women, me, I feel the pressure that I have to do everything. And it, it's overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. It's like I can do it, therefore I have to. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. everything and your failure if you right don't. and i think what liz was saying what sandy's saying we have to have our minds transformed by god's word i'm thinking right. romans 12 1 and 2 and we have to constantly push back on these all these cultural messages and i think uh sandy even said you know limit what you're allowing to influence right. your oh, thinking yes, so that we can have our minds shaped by what god says and there's so much freedom and just being what God says. Yes. Right. That that commercial was probably 40 years old, but boy, it resonates true today. Yeah. It really does. Mm-hmm. And golly, God does, you know, we, we have over the years and over the decades, we've come a long way in recognizing the value of what women do and recognizing the value of what women can do. And there is so much that women can do better than men. 
frankly, there's things that men traditionally, and uh, let me say traditionally, and as a rule, are just typically going to be better. Well, we are made differently. differently. God made, made us. Go back to exactly. Genesis. Yes, right. He made us and differently. So we need to recognize that, but not let that constrain us. If mm-hmm. we have a woman, you know, men have typically been in the engineering and sciences, and but that doesn't mean a woman can't, and we, they should use the gifts if they as they're given that. Mm-hmm. But uh, really, as Rachel, as you're saying, keeping the focus on well, and teaching be. the us to try to see things from God's economy, mm-hmm. where tasks are not valued in the same way that we see them. So for us, we're like, the more upfront, the more valuable. Right. And God sees everything. Every diaper changed, every uh, children's Sunday school class taught, every, all of those little things, God sees all that and he values that when it's done for his glory. And being okay with that. Uh, Exactly. And being okay and finding uh, fulfillment in that. Mm -hmm. And that's hard sometimes. Well, that leads us into another Related question, our cultural context, there's constant sexualization of practically everything, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's an advertisement for a car, you see some woman draped over a car, food, the way they're eating the food is very suggestive. What biblical truths are you sharing with girls and women alike in this particular you know, idea of sexuality that as you help them to understand their role in society? This is such a tough one because we are bombarded with it every single where place we go, even in the grocery store. And many young girls and women struggle with their body because their expectations of what they should look like doesn't line up with the magazines and the mm-hmm. movies and social media posts and so forth. And they, we all start to get this idea of what it means to be beautiful because we get so focused on the outward appearance and we just don't always remember that true beauty comes from within. So, you know, I would teach my daughter and I have taught my daughters that it's not from the braided hair and the gold jewelry or the latest fashions or the the newest accessory, but it's from that gentle, quiet spirit that 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4 suggests. And we have to instill this in our girls, that their true beauty comes from inside. And this is going to radiate out, and it's actually going to overcome even what you look like. Mm-hmm. You may not be the most beautiful person, but if you're beautiful on the inside, that's how people are going to see you. And mm-hmm. that's our identity is found in Christ, and by emulating him, we will be beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's what real beauty is. And one thing I always think about, first of all, just recognizing the satanic nature of the sexualization of women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and calling it what it is and despising it for what it is, I think is a first step. And then I just love Proverbs thirty-one twenty-five, where it talks about the fact that strength and dignity are her clothing. And that's something I want for myself, for my daughter, and for the women around me that like we are defined by this innate dignity given to us because we're made in the image of God, because that image has been restored in Christ, and that our identity is in Him, and we have all we need. And there's this this dignity that uh, radiates from us and points people back to the Lord. And Satan does that, doesn't he? He takes something that is good women were made different and women were made in a way that was going to not only fulfill a purpose but also to women are often made attractive mm-hmm. and satan does use that mm-hmm. he he perverts it mm-hmm. he makes it something that it shouldn't be you know we should even <clears throat> need to be telling our girls and even us maybe to not go towards that lie like 
turn off the social media sometimes or <laughs> don't look at the things that are telling us the lies like focus as rachel said on the truth of what you know we Boy, are i'm glad men don't have that problem <laughs> okay so if you could share one key scriptural concept with a married woman let's focus on marriage uh, might be newly married they might be celebrating their 50th anniversary i think two of you have recently celebrated 30 or 31 congratulations liz and sandy and about 20 or so almost 19 very good congratulations but what is one key point that you would share with that woman to help her to continue develop into a more godly woman a more godly wife i think it's key um, to make your relationship with the Lord, your number one priority. Um, we, each of us needs to be seeking him through prayer and his word every single day. And as we do that, we need to then allow him to speak to our hearts and show us those places where we're, we've gotten off track, The, you know, and then have the humbleness to work on those and in his power, allowing his power to work in us. And as we do that, that's going to change us. And we're never done growing, whether you've been married one year, 10 years, 20, 30, um, you are always growing. And if you are allowing God to change your heart and change your life on a daily basis, that's going to make a difference. One of the verses I think that I would tell a young person and myself is Ephesians 4.32. It's one we teach our kids, but I think it applies to marriage. <laughs> it says, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. I think sometimes after we've been married for a while, we forget to be kind. Yeah, I know Along. some husbands who are like that, and, uh, one in particular. <laughs> Along that with that is just all the other one another passages that we find mm -hmm. are so key in any relationship, but especially in a husband and wife relationship that, you know, honor one another, build up the other person, serve each other, encourage, forgive, bear with. All of those are so key in just a relationship that you are just together a lot and all the time. Right. And it's a unique relationship, but good. Something I've been learning lately is the idea of thinking about Ephesians 5 and submitting to your own husband, and what does that actually mean? And there's this willing, I'm lining up behind you and following you where you're leading. That's mm -hmm. the idea of submission. And I just try to think about, I'm on your team. Like, we are on the same team, and Lord willing, we're heading towards the same goal, and I'm here to... To, to make this vision happen. And when I think of it that way, and then also from a negative standpoint, like my husband is not my enemy. And the moment when he starts feeling like my enemy, uh -huh. it needs to be a wake up call uh -huh. to me that the real enemy has put a, uh, has a foothold in right. our relationship. And so repenting of whether it's unforgiveness on my part or hey, maybe we need to recheck where we're headed. Like, um, but recognizing I'm on your team and you are not the enemy. That's huge. What a great That's perspective. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's really good. It, it is normal for a young lady to want to be married. And it's normal when things aren't going like, I'm guessing that maybe the three of you may have felt this or you've seen this in other young women, that, boy, if only I could be married, that will take care of all my problems. He can be what fulfills me. Talk to speak to that. <laughs> well, unless... Oh, you laughed, so is that speaking his, to it? Unless <laughs> his name is Jesus, yes. like <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> that's not true. And honestly, I think that's God designed it that way. My husband is amazing, and he will never be everything I need because the Lord is calling out to my heart to 
come and find what I need in him. And so if I could find everything I needed in Jeremy, then I wouldn't need God. Right. And the Lord's like, no, 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 you need me really bad. And and to put the pressure on a, a mortal man to be everything I need, I mean, that's just going to suck the life out of him. And so. <laughs> Sandy, uh, I, I may not have mentioned, for those of you who don't know, Sandy is my wife. I think it was probably, what, the first day of our honeymoon. Even if it got that far, you realize that that wasn't going to work. <laughs> Fortunately, I had good mentors who warned me. (laughs) (laughs) Warned her about what? About me? No. And to be fair, men, they want to be that, but we know we can't. Anybody, any man who is honest with himself knows that he just can't do that. But we also, we need, and Rachel, you mentioned about the the idea of, of being a following in step with the man and letting him lead, it's hard for a man to do that sometimes. And I can't tell you how many men I've talked to who just look at me and say, I'm not up to this. Mm-hmm. Having a woman who is encouraging is so key. And I know that you, I, I know I've watched you three encourage your husbands. And I actually, your husbands have told me how great mm-hmm. you folks are at different times over the past 25 or so years. So it's exciting to see that kind of thing, that kind of a dynamic. Mm-hmm. We talk about married women. I don't think we should pass by the idea. There are women who are very happy in singleness. There are women who would love to be married, but they just God hasn't brought that to them, or perhaps they have been, but through divorce or death, they're not now. What about that woman? I think if they would know the future, they would be like, oh, it makes sense now, oh, or whatever. But wouldn't that cure so much of our problems? It would. You know, Second Corinthians 5-7, we live by faith, not by sight. And for that single woman, it's just hard. You know, when your desires are here, but reality isn't, mm-hmm. that's just a hard place to be. Um, but I think you have to just realize that we serve a good and wise God, and we just have to trust that He has us where He wants us. And even though we don't or they don't understand it, it's an opportunity for faith. And, you know, it's just, it's hard. It's really hard, whether that is singleness or divorce or widowhood. It's just a hard place to be. Or a difficult marriage. Or a difficult marriage. But That's God, right. I think, can meet us where we are. That's right. And I've. I've had that particular issue, but I think um, I have had a, a situation in my life where there was something really good that I was asking God for. It was something that would be, there was nothing sinful about it. It was like a really good thing. And the Lord very clearly said, no. And I think that's where um, many single women are. They're they're asking the Lord, Lord, this is good. I would be, you know, I could serve you this way, and I could serve a family, and I could parent, and all of these things that are good things. And the Lord is either saying no, or he's saying not right now. And the thing that was really hardest for me in that a similar situation is that I had to come to the point where I was actually trusting God. Right. In his wisdom, there's a verse that says he does not withhold any good thing from those who love him. And to actually take that verse and believe it and trust it, and even more for myself, I've been thinking about this, to trust God is one thing, but to entrust hmm. 
my life to God and my to desires. lay it in his hands. Yes. And just to recognize that he really does know best and his timetable really is best. And he's going to be with me every single step of the way. And I can trust him Great. with this, even this really good desire that he's not fulfilling at this point. So it sounds like you're saying when you get to that point, when you throw your hands up, God, I've tried everything it's not working and I don't know what, and I'm willing just to, I'm willing to do whatever mm-hmm. kind of when God works he meets you there he meets you there in such a sweet and special way right well great well okay let's move to the church okay and let's face it not all churches have done this well working with women and encouraging women in ministry talk to us about the church's role in helping women to fulfill their god-given responsibilities among god's people I mean, women are obviously different from men. We've talked about that. They're different in how they process, how they learn, how they serve. Um, And I think women need healthy contexts where they can feel comfortable to thrive and to grow. And they need relationships and a support system. And um, I also think someone in leadership of any church needs to have on on their radar what is the spiritual climate of the women in your church? And they need to be, as leadership, come alongside and promote whatever is needed to provide for that spiritual growth of women in their church. I think along with that, the job of the church is to prepare and empower women for their kingdom jobs, if you will. So there is just... There's so much ministry to be done. I could I could fill a thousand lifetimes with ministry at Grace Baptist Church. There are right. so many women to mentor and children to disciple and so much service to do and mercy to show and prayer to have and all of these things. And so Ephesians 4 is talking about preparing the people for the work of the ministry. And Developing. so that's exactly what the job of the church is, I'd say, in the lives of women. Show them what needs to be done and show them how to do it. I love that word, empower. Mm-hmm. I like, I like that word a lot because I do think we need to instill in women the importance of their gifts and talents and maybe even help them find what those gifts and talents are because we as women, and I'm talking about myself here, I need to know that I'm a crucial part of God's plan for reaching the world with the gospel. Mm-hmm. And whether you're a mother at home, changing diapers with young children, a single uh, woman, or maybe a working mom in the in the workplace where you can have a godly testimony or even like an empty nester. Liz and I have kind of entered that phase of life where... Oh, ain't it great. Sadly so. (laughs) (laughs) We times, you know, and so it is a hard time, but we were learning that we can um, move on from the things that held us back to develop other gifts where that we can use to bless the church and the world. So, you know, I would say I, b- I really believe the church's role is to find out what those gifts are and then go after those women in order to help them implement or empower them mm-hmm. to use those gifts to their fullest ability. And, and that's a great charge to any church leadership, <clears throat> empowering any leadership on any team, really, empowering, making sure that you, you've said making sure the women know that they're part of the team Mm -hmm. it's something that as a man and as a male leader in a church we can be very tunnel focused Mm -hmm. well we need to do this so what do we do we we do it the way men do it and the women need to a need to speak up and that can be difficult sometimes i know but the women the men need to bring the women alongside and ask them to minister alongside and Mm -hmm. help us it's not done well always. 
It's not always done well, maybe is a better way of saying that. Mm -hmm. But uh, Sandy, do you have something else you wanted to say? No, I just, I think we need to feel like we're valued, yeah. that yes. we have and value. Important. And, and viable. it is important, exactly. And just because a ministry for a woman looks different than the yeah. the guy standing up there preaching, we need to sell that vision that God God has good plans and he sees and he values what you're doing. Right, right. And, and something you said, Rachel, back at the very beginning, God made the man and the woman, what? in his own image That's right. it wasn't just the man in his image it was mm -hmm. the woman as mm -hmm. well just as well mm -hmm. very good yeah. okay so speak to the mature christian woman and that mature might be a mature 30 year old or mature 70 or 80 year old woman or 90 year old she knows she needs to be doing more to influence and train other ladies other girls to the be women of god but she doesn't know when or how to start what do you tell her well, this is interesting because I happen to be in place where I'm trying to recruit some mentors for a program. Okay, good. And uh, a lot of responses have been, one, I'm so humbled that you would think that I could do this. <laughs> um, but also I've had the response of, oh, that's not something I can do. I From the same ladies often. Sometimes. And other, I can't do that. I don't have it together enough. I don't have anything I can offer. And my encouragement to them has just like, you have more than you realize that you do to offer. Mm -hmm. And... Sometimes it can be very simple of making time to be with someone that's younger than you, giving time to listen. Start by just reading the Bible together and praying together. Um, as a society, we've lost that whole multi-generational thing where you lived next to your grandma and your aunt, and you were learning from these women and gaining not only life skills, but also just what has gone into their faith and what has gone into the process of growing them. And so I know that I have learned so much being in that mentor situation as a mentor and a mentee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Both of those, you right. learn so much. And sometimes I think, oh, if you're only the, the younger one, that's when you learn. But you learn so much oh, being yes. that one that's giving. And it's just the accountability. There's just so much value to it. In this room, if I were to ask, how many of you have ever felt like a hot mess? I'm guessing there would, might be. <laughs> we would all start clapping and cheering. Yes, right, right. And I've observed not that you've been hot messes. You are ladies who, from the outside, seem to, yeah, okay, you got it all together. I know better. Good. Because people might <laughs> because think that don't. of me. Right. People <laughs> might think that of me. And I say, well, where are you looking? But the idea is you don't have to have it all together. Not right? at all. Just the old Nike, the old Nike uh, uh, saying, just do it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think a number of years ago, I was right in that place of some of those women knowing that I needed to do this. This is what God wanted me to, to do. And I actually had a heart to do it. But I am a bit of an introvert, so just going out and seeking someone out like that kind of scared me, and I didn't know what that looked like or meant. So um, what I did and what I would tell other women who feel that way to do is to start praying. Ask God to bring someone to mind or one or two people to mind who he knows would mesh with you well. And then when he does, start praying for that girl, that woman, and then, like you said, just do it. Start getting to know them. See them in the coffee shop and say hi. And just little by little, get to know them until you find you're in a place where you feel comfortable to say, hey, let's. would you like to get together? And that's what's happened to me. And it's happened over and over again. And God was faithful when he saw that my heart wanted to do that, but I didn't know how. 
he brought the women to me, to my right. mind. Yeah, and I, Rachel, I think I've heard you say before that uh, your methodology is just to invite a woman into your life well, and just... Yeah, it, it depends on stage of life. So there was, uh, there's was there been a long stage of life where I had kids napping in the afternoon. We're not there anymore, right. but I couldn't leave them and go somewhere. And so I would just have young women, especially from the university or from our church, just come to my house and I'm done a lot of mentoring chopping vegetables <laughs> for dinner or washing the dishes that were everywhere when they got there and and just not having the expectation of like I have to be the perfect hostess and I have mm-hmm. to do all this and I have to or I have to have all these meetings set crumpets. up yes. right yeah. and just let them come into your life or I've even had hey I want to meet with you this week the only time I have is in the car on the way to the grocery store do you want to come grocery <laughs> shopping with me and I mean we've had I've had some really great conversations that way so just making room and inviting people into your life I think is the important thing. I think building relationships too is just yeah. a key and just a foundation for that. There's so much, just being willing to open yourself up to other people. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think um, Jesus, when he was discipling his men, uh, and there were women there he was discipling too, but thinking specifically about the 12, he just, he lived with them. I don't remember a curriculum. I don't remember the name of a producer the of a curriculum. Yes, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the answer to every every question: uh, the Bible or God. Right. But no, he didn't have a curriculum, so he just he lived with them, and they saw him when he woke up. I'm guessing he had bad breath. When he went to bed, he was tired. Uh, there might have been a time he had to put his hand, guys. Can't take anymore. I have to go into the boat across the across the lake to get away right now. Rest. He needed rest, just like all of us. So I think it's being ourselves and just Mm -hmm. letting somebody see how a Christian lives in the real life, and also perhaps how a Christian messes up. Mm. Yes. Have you ever had that opportunity to model that in front of somebody? Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No stories. We don't need that right now. That's a great way to end. I think remembering that we're not perfect. God doesn't expect us to be, but he expects us to use what he's given us. Would that be a fair? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very good. Well, ladies, it's been my pleasure to talk today with you, uh, Rachel Kimball, Sandy Sheridan, Liz Whiney. Thanks for joining us. And we've been discussing the unique role and the needs facing Christian women in our culture. We encourage you to access our catalog of podcast episodes as well as our full catalog of sermons by visiting gracecedarville.org on the World Wide Web and clicking Podcasts on the Media tab. Be sure to join us next week. We'll be returning to our post-sermon discussion format. We'll be discussing the introductory sermon in our new series from the Gospel of Matthew. And until then, I'm your host, Bart Sheridan, thanking you again for tuning into this week's episode of Digging Deeper in Grace. Digging Deeper in Grace is a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Visit us online at gracecedarville.org and join us next time as we continue our discussion. In the meantime, we invite you to continue digging deeper in grace as you read God's Word.